Welcome to another edition of Food, Faith, and Feelings, where we walk with you on your journey to wholeness. Our host is Dr. Jeannie Burnett, licensed clinical psychologist and certified eating disorder therapist. Join her and her host, Carlos Houston, as they discuss the relationship between your food, your faith, and your feelings. love i love how powerful that song is it's confident and that is what we are trying to instill and inspire with all of our listeners on the show food faith and feelings walking on your journey to wholeness i don't know if you've heard the whole thing Francine. i have not that's pretty impressive but we've got francina back in the studio thanks for having me again what's up i am i am doing the grandma thing Grandma. Grandma, I am. So our girl that we're talking about has had not one. But two. But two. She got grandbabies. Two beautiful babies. And Francina doesn't have to be responsible for them. No, it's so nice. (laughs) It's so nice. You don't walk, I don't care. You don't don't get teeth, I don't care either. I just get to love you. Oh, that's not true either. (laughs) She would do anything for these children. Yes, I would. Yes, I would. (laughs) All right. So we're back. And we um, last week we were talking about kind of the signs and the symptoms of your child who is developing anorexia in front of your eyes. Yes. And so one of the things as we were uh, talking before we started the show is that people, um, parents, when you see your children talking about losing weight, um, wanting to cut back on certain kinds of foods, like, oh, I'm not going to eat sugar and I'm not going to eat bread and I'm not... And it, it's a slow descent into I'm going to have ice at a Mexican restaurant. Exactly. And so they're trying to have some some kind of control in their lives. And children can't control much. So a lot of what a lot of the times what they try and do is control their body. And that's where cutting and eating issues and other kinds of physical um, harm towards their own body starts happening because they can control that. And so, like I was saying before, if you're a parent and trying to stop them, um, it's very difficult. So what I suggest strongly is you take them as soon as you think that they're having, that they want to have it, they want to go on a diet or they want to lose weight, take them to a doctor and take them to a dietitian. I agree completely. Because if you can say, all right, here we go. Let's let's get a medical professional because eating disorders at the very, very base is a medical problem. And like I said, I don't think children should go on diets. I don't even care if they're obese. They need to go out and run. They need to exercise. Like it, it, anyway, I'll I'll stop that. I'll get off my soapbox. <laughs> but take them to the doctor. Take them to a pediatrician. If the pediatrician doesn't know anything, take them to a dietitian. Get connected with people who are very keenly aware of eating disorders. And I mean, they're, it's all over. And so there are places all over. And if there's not a place in your area, call the National Eating Disorders Association. Call Mana Fund. There are so many nonprofits out there that want to help and support your, you and your children. Okay, 
off the soapbox now. So back to you, Francina. Well, hello again. <laughs> Sorry, I sometimes do that. You you know I used to do that. I would go into my little Yes, you did. Spiel. It's okay. And we love you. <laughs> so tell us, um, okay, so she, you, you left us off last time about her going into an inpatient program. She did. She went into an inpatient program. Um, that was a struggle also. Um, we had family therapy at that point in our um our oldest was just angry, angry that she would do this to herself and angry what it was doing to our family and to her dad and I. So we had to deal with that issue, which kind of slaps you in the face that it's not just you and your child. There are others um, that are being adversely affected. But she um, stayed as long as insurance would pay for it, um, which was quite a while, probably a good three weeks. And... Um, didn't have a whole lot of weight gain, but appeared to have a little bit more positive attitude. About Probably because her brain was getting a little more fuel. Exactly. Um, so we left there. And, um, and let me ask you a question. She never had a nasal gastric tube, correct? I uh, know we were very close to the tube after that treatment. And we had seen you and we were at a pretty crucial point. Um, we came to see you. Um, and... Uh, it was, she was better, and then right back into the same behaviors. And Which is very, very, very common. Yes. And and this is, here's another little mini soapbox. Insurance is a blessing and a curse. Yes, it it's is. a blessing because it will help, but it will get you started. And when they think that you've gotten into a better place physically, then they'll kick you out. And what we know is that, the, the, the changes in going from 46 days inpatient or residential programming to 112 days, so that length of time, that extra length of time, changes the recidivism or the rate at which they return to the hospital from 56% to 7%. Wow. So Yeah, so Manafund tries to keep people in treatment in that higher level of care because we know that once they're out like they're like they truly get to stay for as long as they need to stay in fact we paid for someone to stay for five months because that's what she needed so it's truly saving lives um off the soapbox now so you you which guys, is why i am a supporter of the mana fund because i know directly how it affected our family and that is why i contribute and I so appreciate it. Well, I feel very strongly because we got out and it was like watching um, a rerun only faster of what she was doing. And it was frightening. And we're right back to those same emotions and those same feelings and those same fears of, is she going to make it? And because it had started again, school wasn't an option because there wasn't she just couldn't make it through the day, and she was too foggy to retain what she was learning anyway. Well, and, and I want to just say here that a lot of parents confuse school with the medical problems that their children are having. And so school becomes more important than getting this resolved because they think this is just a phase. Well, sometimes phases can, these phases can last 30 and 40 years. And so parents, if you're struggling with to put them in or to get them treatment, get them treatment, take them out for a semester and go into residential or 
an IOP, PHP, something where they're getting more treatment and can get more stable so they can be successful when they go back to school. Exactly. And the majority of the school systems, this is so prevalent now, have um, the ability to fax to the treatment centers work. And if they are an adolescent still in school, they will give them that hour time to do their work and answer questions. And some of them actually have tutors. Right. Which was the blessing where we were. She didn't miss any of her schoolwork. She started right back with her peers. Um, But it became evident as we were sliding back down that slope. School wasn't an option. We needed help. Um, And you were able to get us into a inpatient, I mean, an outpatient treatment program kind of far, but we drove her every day and that helped. And um, then just really sticking with you and Mana and And that was before we had started our program, right? Right. You became MANA about about halfway through, right? Yeah. It was probably about halfway through. Um, And it was, I think, the hardest thing for my husband and I was to sit in that room and watch as the next patient came in and realize that there were so many young girls and boys with this issue. Yeah. And um, moms, and we could tell to look at a parent what stage they were at, yeah, where they knew, and you know, we would if whichever of us it was would just put our arm around them and say, "We we're here, we're we're here too, yeah. and we're here for you." So I'm going to cry because you can't control what's going on with your child as much as we want that power. You can't fix it. Yeah, it is a medical professional. It is a lot of faith and it is a lot of prayer. And I think for me, this was the biggest indicator that I can't control everything that happens in my child's life or how she responds to it and that I have to get her the help that she needed. And you've got to get your child that help and understand that you're working alongside of a professional. You are not in control at all anymore. And following what you had to say, and initially Jeannie can attest to the fact that <laughs> I was a dad bit resistant to some of her ideas. No, your child did not get that from uh, you. Yes, she did not. <laughs> no. Uh, but once I said, okay, you know, and I think you had to say to me, you are here. You are paying for this. If you're not going to listen, what, how do you expect her to listen? And how did I really say that? You did. And you said, how I'm do so you good. You are. How do you expect her to get help? And I think I had to realize at that point, it was kind of one of those eureka moments. Smackdown. Yeah, it was a smackdown. And I think I was silent. And because I was silent, you were very concerned. (laughs) You said, are you okay? And I thought, no, you just really, this was really uh, what I needed to hear. And that was the turning point for us, Dale and I really, not necessarily for our child, she had a ways to go because as we learned, you think you put them in treatment and it's done and they're okay. Which and they're not. So not true. It, well, it's not. And it's a re-education for everybody in right. your home. Right. Right. Exactly. So let's talk about that. We have to take our short break again. Um, 
so excited that you're here. It's Thank you. it's interesting to relive it through your memory because <laughs> I've got some memories of my own. Oh Lord, <laughs> <laughs> we won't share those. So thanks to our sponsors, and we will be right back to food, faith, and feeling. Are you looking to buy, sell, or invest in a home? Call my friend of ten years, Francina Maloney. She can help you with all of your real estate needs. Her goal is to have you as a client for life. She will listen to you and find exactly what you are looking for. And as always, ten percent of her gross commission goes to the MANA Fund. Thank you so much, Francina. You can call Francina at 770-861-3821. That's 770-861-3821. So could your nonprofit use $10,000 per month in free Google advertising? Since 2003, Google has donated free advertising to over 20,000 nonprofits in over 50 countries throughout the world. They've helped them raise millions of dollars in cash donations, recruiting and volunteer work, and in raising awareness for their causes. Visit epicgrowth.com, that's E-P-I-C-growth.com, to see if your nonprofit organization is eligible for this $10,000 in free advertising today. Hello, I am Dr. Jeannie Burnett, the founder and executive director of the MANA Scholarship Fund. MANA Fund was created in 2006 to help those with eating disorders get access to treatment. Our mission statement is to practically address the epidemic of eating disorders by providing prevention, education, research, and financial assistance for treatment to all qualified individuals through well-administered programs. People out there have difficulty with their eating and develop eating disorders, and we are designed to help people who cannot get that treatment otherwise. So if you would like to sponsor this show or give a donation to the MANA Fund, please contact us through manafund.org. That is M-A-N-N-A fund.org or 770-495-9775. Thank you. All right. Welcome back. Thank you again, Francina. I just adore you. You're so fun. Um, And it's like I was saying, it's fun to kind of walk back on memory lane and some of the things that I've said. Don't surprise me. I've just become more, kind of more in your face the older I've gotten, (laughs) the more I've done this. Um, But one of the things that I wanted to comment on was that, yes, if I don't have if I don't have that alliance with the people that actually do have the power, which is the parents, then I don't have anything. And because parents can squelch what you're doing very, very quickly. And so it's very important for me because I function from a family systems viewpoint. And you, you have to know who's got the power in the family. Now, it, when people when kids come in and they have eating disorders, they have the power. And right, so we, we have to put them back into their role where they actually feel safer. And so bringing parents alongside and getting you guys to understand, hey, I, and I've physically, I've, I've really said to parents, you and I are a team. If we don't work together, they're going to split us and then they're, they're going to struggle some more. And so we have to be on the same team. If you don't like what I'm saying, then you and I are going to have a conversation about it apart from them. But we need to be on the same team. And there was one mom that um, her daughter desperately needed. She was she was a little bit like your child. Um, (laughs) But I love them. I love them. They're so awesome. So I said to her, you've got to take her to the hospital. She was having to go to St. Louis. 
And I said, and she was like, you know, she's like telling me she didn't want to go and she's yelling at me. And, and she said, I could, all I could hear was your voice going, get her there, get her there. Don't listen to her, get her there. And both mom and the child thanked me at about two weeks after she had been in her residential program and said, you're right. I needed to be here. So, um, it's, it's hard. It is because um, that is another form, as I said, when your child is in a um, crisis situation, you become a parent in crisis. Yeah. And, (laughs) you know, when you're a parent in crisis. You find strength. Right. You build those walls initially. And then you realize in order for me to get help and help for my child, I have to take down those walls and I have to be willing to accept what a professional is going to say. And even if a professional is going to tell me, I had a hand in this. I had to accept that. And um, you don't want as a parent to think that something this dangerous, what you had a hand in. What what, what was your hand? Well, I think my hand was that I am an enabler. Mm. You know that. No. No, I know. It's so shocking. Um, (laughs) No sarcasm here. No, and that is my primary language, which also, um, (laughs) as you know, is my primary language. Had a child with an issue who didn't understand sarcasm, didn't get it. Right. So I had to learn to re-talk, which was, you know, I'd have to go, let me just say this. Okay, wait a minute. Let me think about how to rephrase this. So, um, you know, together as a unit and as a team, you also approached it that it was our whole family. And I think your child's success depends on your whole family. You can't have just one parent or two parents and not bring in the rest of the support as in siblings. And you educated them at the age that they were at to understand what was going on. And once they understand it, light bulbs went off there and they were able to encourage and help instead of saying, you're just messing up dinner again. You're not eating. Everybody's mad. Why do you always do this? Mm. To um, Which is shame-based, by the way. It is, and it's not good. But as a younger child, that's how they speak. And so we had to relearn as a family how to approach it properly and in a healthy fashion. And that's where, for us, treatment and help was so pivotal. Right, yeah. Well, and I think that... Um, you know, a lot of times people will come in and they beat themselves up. Yes, they um, do. They, one of the things that is, uh, can also be a factor is how do the parents see themselves? So if you don't like your body, if you are constantly talking about a diet, if you are comparing yourself to the other moms, whether it's about f- bodies or money or position or, you know, like if you watch Dance Moms, woo. That's that stuff's a, rough. That's a scary show. And that is, but that just tells me that those parents have not moved beyond high school years emotionally. And so you got to grow up yourself. Right. And so it's, um, it's, yeah, it's taking the responsibility of what you can be responsible for. And that's yourself. And that's your attitude that those are, you know, working together with your spouse, if you have one, and really showing your child that you love them and you're going to care for them and that you're going to provide a safe environment, even if that means you have to say no and, and you have to put them in treatment or you have to, you know, do X, Y, and Z in order for them to be safe and healthy. Right. And there's a guilt as a mom. And I know that if you're out there and you've got a a 
a child struggling with this is that that gut-wrenching um, fear because you're seeing your child die. You're seeing your child killing themselves before your very eyes and you can't fix it. Um, you are reaching out. You are grasping. You wake up at night panicking, thinking, is is my child going to have a heart attack as they sleep because their body is so right. physically weak. Um, as a mom, you are not alone unless you choose to be. You have got to find other moms that are in this position. You have got to speak to your therapist, your counselor, to find support groups for yourself. Um, you know, we kind of made our own in in genie's waiting room because <laughs> um, we could see parents who had gone past where we were and would ask them things. And every single time the same thing was done, well, you have to relinquish the control. You have to relinquish it and give it up to God. And you have to just understand that this is your child's walk. And yes, you're a parent and you've got to walk through it with them and you've got to make them do things they don't want to do. But at the end of the day, their recovery is theirs. Yep. Oh, that was so powerful. Oh, my gosh. I love you. Well, I love you, too. See, that is all genie training. All <laughs> six years of it. Well, I think it's probably real life training, too. <laughs> it, it really is. And you don't, you're not walking this alone. There's lots of other moms out there. Well, and if, I was talking with our board president last night. And she's like, genie has got a bazillion ideas. I've just gotten an, an idea. Like, we need a parent, like, network, mentoring network. And I'm going to put Francina in, in charge of it. <laughs> You've heard it here first. Uh, that's right. <laughs> so I want you now to plug your business and how you guys are supporting Mana. Oh, yeah. Well, um, our last one went off to um, college. And <gasps> I know the baby. I'm not that old. No, she's a sophomore now. Um, she went off to college and I had always, we had flipped homes and I'd always wanted to do real estate. So got involved in that. And, um, we have always taught our children, you give back, you give back no matter what. Um, if you have nothing to give back, then you give your time, you Mm -hmm. give something, there's always something that you can give. Uh, so I started in a real estate career. I worked for Keller Williams Realty Atlanta partners here in Atlanta. I'm in the Buford office and, um, we have started my, me personally have started what I call a give back initiative. And um, I give 10% of my gross commission, not my net, because, you know, there's a lot of extra fees that come out of there, um, to four separate charities every year. And Mana Fund has been on there. And so far, um, God has been really good that people have selected Mana Fund numerous times because they have been touched by anorexia. But I I do. I give back 10% of my commission. And we so appreciate that. Listen, it was so exciting to hand you that first really big check that yeah. um, I was so, so <laughs> that excited. Was, that was In fun. fact, I called her and told her and she said, what? Uh, <laughs> yes, I'll take it. Um, <laughs> we need that. You have no idea. And, and you know what? That is the cool thing that God has um, laid on clients' hearts each and every time a um, nonprofit that has needed in, in a couple instances that exact amount yeah, that's amazing. So, yes, that is what I do. I do give back 10% of my commission to, and, you know, Mana Fund. And if you're in the Atlanta area and you're listening, I would love to help you. And we would love to give 10%. Thank back you. To well, and the other thing is that because we now have a Gwinnett based program where we are essentially donating services to people, any other business that wants to do something like that, we greatly appreciate it. 
Um, Francina, like the time has flown. It has gone way too fast. And I need to come back again. You will, you will, you will. Okay. Um, so I'm going to end with our verse of the week. It comes from Romans 8, 26. And the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. And so if you don't know how to pray for your child, you don't know how to pray for your circumstance, then just pray to the Holy Spirit. He knows what you need and he will reveal that to you. So, yes, Lord. Thanks, Francina. You're welcome. You're awesome. You will be back. I will. And so will we. We'll see you guys in, I don't know, later. <laughs> Next week. Next week. Bye.